Greetings and salutations. Welcome to For Love of Words. I'm Marlene Kiesler. And I'm Cindy McKeever. And we are the Vibrational Transformers, changing lives one syllable at a time. Happy New Year, everyone. Every day is a new year. I know it's been a while since we've recorded. Well after New Year. But it is the beginning of a new year every day. Every moment. Every second. And it's so apropos to our word today, which is empowerment. So how empowered do you feel in this moment? Before we even investigate empowerment, it's a very powerful word. And it's a word that hasn't even come into usage until about the, the year 2000. I mean, this isn't a word that has origins in the 1600s or in Old Norse or French it's something that has been generated from the word power, but empowerment just came into the use, you know, and has, has peaked around 2010. Um, and it's probably peaking again now with all of the hashtag me too, um, what's going on now, but it's, it's a relatively new concept, empowerment. A noun, the authority or power given to someone to do something. Individuals are given empowerment to create their own dwellings. But we're going to explore it even more deeper. We don't have to be given something or the permission to accomplish. I believe that true empowerment is that it comes from within our own power, feeling our own power, feeling our own authority. So I would debate that a little bit, that definition. Well, again, it's a new word. It's, it's has got a lot going on with it because the second definition from Google is the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's rights. So even in that, the, the way we interface with the word control from a healing perspective I don't think empowerment is about control. It's actually about the healing of control because control is what gets power all skewed up and all distorted and more difficult and more frustrating and more suppressing than it, than it is. I have used the word empowerment a lot in social work as that has, was the goal for our clients is to empower them to find answers to their own problems, to generate the solutions to their problems. I, it also makes me think of the women's movement and women became empowered. So at, that would be that context of women feeling controlled. And then when they took their own power, they weren't going to be controlled. It became that empowerment. That's a lot in the literature when you look up about empowerment and the, and the thoughts around empowerment. There's some discrepancy or some debate about whether empowerment means then that you then have control over the one that controlled you before. You know, but some people would think with feminism then that they want to just mow over everyone else. Or even with um, sexual rights and sexual preferences, there's sometimes there's this feeling of if someone's coming into their own new self, then, then they're going to be having power over suppressing you. But that's not what true empowerment is. Empowerment doesn't subjugate or raise anyone up over anyone else. But that's what's happened over time. There's Sometimes there's a, an imbalance and a swing where then it's a trumping over with power. And so people can get up, upset about that. But I think as homeostasis comes, you know, as the balance comes back in, you get to find out what true power is, where it comes from, and then how it flows. Because I like the definition that says it's a process. 
Empowerment is a process of becoming stronger and more confident. It's not something that you have to then just mount this huge defense or offense about. I would totally agree with that. And feeling that softer nature of the creativity that then comes into not being controlled by the outside, but looking at the inner landscape of the self and then finding the true strength of self, which, by the way, isn't the easiest thing to do. I was just thinking that when you said inner landscape, I've heard that terms, term for years. And in the beginning, I would almost panic inside. What does an internal landscape mean? I mean, I have a heart and I have liver and I have, <laughs> I have all these body parts moving within me. And what does an internal landscape mean? And then I, I conjured up fields and, you know, landscape scene inside of me to help me with some imagery. But the internal landscape that I'm coming to know now is almost even hard to describe in words. For me, I'm experiencing it more as sensations of being able to access deep resources within myself and feeling connected to the universe, to the divine in ways I didn't know possible. And I think its significance is that you're looking within and that the outside doesn't influence what you choose. It's more of going inside to that greater self and seeing what that is guiding you towards feeling what that's guiding you towards. I was just working with someone about making a decision, and I said, so go inside. You'll know. You'll know what you want, and that's what you need to listen to. Don't look at the outside to, are your kids demanding you to do this, or is your work demanding this of you? You're, all of those idealizations and roles that we play we believe that they have something that they demand of us or ask of us or require of us to play those roles. When really we can approach living life with so much more freedom, looking at that inner landscape, that inner self, and saying, well, what is it that I want? How do I want to be in this particular role, in this particular situation? You know, some people might call that narcissistic. <laughs> you know, I mean, just the, the thoughts of that from, you know, Judeo-Christian background. If I don't take into account what anyone else wants, and I just look into myself to see what I want, you know, that might be taken as being very selfish or narcissistic. But the internal landscape we're talking about is not separate from the whole. When you look inside yourself, and you're connecting to your deeper self and your knowing or your intuition about something, you are not in the force of separateness. You're not separating yourself out from a small, selfish way. You're actually connecting in. Now, again, people might not like it. It might not be what they want, and they still might call it selfish. But it's a totally different energy than the narcissism of just um, self-will, my way, what I want. Well, here we go. I'm going off onto my, into my world. And my world is that deeper world of working with things because I would say to that, oh, that's because of the confusion or the misconception about wants and what wants are. I've been exploring that wants really are related to our needs. And when we aren't taking care of our needs, then we want things because we're not feeling satisfied or full. And that makes us then look at what we, that there's things we want thinking that that's what's going to satisfy us. Now, these needs that I'm talking about are not our, our basic needs of food and shelter. Most of us have that. There are, is a segment of the population that doesn't have that security, but most Americans do have that. And once you take care of those physical needs, we then move into 
the needs of the psyche or the needs of the spirit. And we have spiritual needs. I love that. We've been talking a lot about that at Inner Source Healing and about a spiritual hierarchy of needs. You know, what that is that once you have your basic needs met, what is it that you've actually come here to experience? I've been interfacing with needs in the terms of Dharma or life purpose. Like, I think that when we incarnate, we have general tasks that we're going to accomplish or experiences that we are going to give to ourselves to fulfill our personality in our lifetime. And I've been feeling that in the sense of need. Like well, you might have a need to be in service in a certain way. You've come here to experience yourself in service in a certain way. And if you're not manifesting that in your life, that's suppressing yourself. And it might come out as wants. And when you get into want land, you can be assured that craving and compulsive thoughts and, and some sort of agitating energy gets attached to it. Whereas these deeper needs, there's a, there's a sense of um, openness and freedom and faith that you're going to be able to accomplish it when you're living from that need place. That's, you know, I'm just thinking about needs and I'm thinking about the population who has difficulty getting their needs met in America that don't have basic security. You know, um, people who live in difficult neighborhoods with gangs and with drugs and, and that whole culture. And I don't think it's an accident that we're talking about this when we're talking about empowerment. Because there's also that, that question, how do we come and become empowered? How do we feel like the world is our oyster that we can create? And to have those basic needs met, rather than just always coming from that place of lack, would not be ripe ground for empowerment. I think that's why the movement to bring mindfulness into schools is so powerful, no matter where the school is. The very act of meditation, which means going within to that internal landscape. You might not have food or someone might shoot at you when you go home, but you have your internal landscape to start to create from. That power that comes from your soul, which is the same power that made the heavens and the earth, we all have access to. And across the board, the mindfulness programs that are coming into schools are, are transforming at great levels. Children are so responsive to it. I mean, they're so fresh from the other side anyway. I mean, it doesn't take as much for them, I think, to go internally as it does for someone older that's patterned more to look outside of themselves. And I think that's the great hope, because when you go inside, you know you're connected to everyone else. It's Meditation is not an act of separateness. Your internal landscape is not exclusive. It's, it's by nature connected to oneness. And so I think it's really hopeful for no matter where you are, or your socioeconomic status to have access to guidance to look within. That is beautiful. You know, uh, my children, my daughter and her husband are both very engaged with education and the educational process. Wouldn't that be a wonderful research project? is to really look at kids and see how they might experience that inner landscape and how it works and see if it would lead to empowerment, a life of empowerment. I think that might already be happening because talking to your daughter about this very aspect of what, you know, what she brings to children, that might be happening or we could help author that kind of research because that at the very base level of, of learning and education, you might not have the best teachers in reading and writing, but if you have access to your soul, to your spirit, to whatever that force of love that manifests through us is, then we can, we can transform anything. And I think of it that that's where the empowerment comes in because when I connect into my internal landscape and I'm not so concerned with 
what society or people I'm related to might be saying they need or want from me. I have this sensation of life is like, like an etch-a-sketch. Like I can, I can create whatever I want. There's a book called Harold and the Purple Crayon. If you haven't ever read that book, it's a beautiful children's book. But we can create and we can erase. And, and from love and from oneness, you don't have to be co- so concerned about what it is you do or don't do, what it is that seems to be a success or a failure. That's funny. Harold in the Purple Crayon, he, he actually draws what he needs, right? I mean, he, he fell asleep in the crayon made water, so he needed a boat so he didn't drown. You know, we could create from that place of what we need. That makes me think of that quote about the new humanity. Oh, there's a beautiful quote that goes something like this, that humanity will attain a new mode of being with the interplay of pure love from heart to heart. Like humanity will attain a new mode of being with the interplay of pure love from heart to heart. And that is from Meher Baba. Oh, I can just feel that. Let yourself feel that heart to heart and that we can create a new mode of being as human beings that listen to our heart. And that's being reinforced with the Heart Math Institute that's teaching people everywhere how to access their heart connection, heart as a electromagnetic organ that emits and receives electromagnetic impulses. It's so wonderful because it's a simple process which involves breathing into your heart center, <laughs> letting yourself feel a beautiful feeling and then radiating that out. You know, they, they've trademarked that. They call that the heart lock-in technique. And it's so intuitive. I mean, it's, it's within us all, this ability to take breaths into ourselves, to let ourselves feel what we want to feel, which I think is so significant for empowerment. Well, because empowerment comes from love, that inner source that you were talking about, that you go deep inside of you and can feel in the inner landscape, that oneness and connection which is what we call love. So it's nice to associate empowerment with this feeling of love that we have because then that will help us check our authority and power. You know, we have, we're doing this um, thing at Inner Source that we call shared authority. And it's work that we have been doing since the beginning of the school that to really be able to come to know what true authority is and to be able to work with power from that place of equality of the soul. So it's not a place where someone has power over someone. I believe you mentioned that a little earlier. That it's not power, empowerment is not power over or power under, which is where we believe that other people are controlling us or have some kind of power over us. But this shared authority, what has is fascinating me about it is that I keep getting feedback from people about the way we interact when they see us out or, or new people come into the school. And they say, what is that? What, what is that interaction? I've never seen people do something like that before. And it's beautiful. And so it's what we call shared authority. What's so beautiful about that is that we don't say, well, now we're going to share authority. And this is <laughs> what we're doing. It's not a label we put on it. It's natural now this ability just to be in relationship and create with someone else or with someone else. With the groups of someone else's. I mean, it's not just a couple that's doing it, but we have leadership. Sometimes we have five teachers teaching a class at one time. 
And then sharing with, well, put in air quotes, if you could see me, students. I mean, it's all equality of the soul. Some of us just agree to sit in a role, sit in a chair and perform a role. But the shared authority, this kind of modality of group harmonic healing experiences brings everyone into their fullest expression. It's not about a teacher teaching a student and a student knowing what the teacher says. It's about how to encourage just like the definition, the process of becoming stronger and more confident and knowing yourself, like full maturation of what it means to be you. And it's certainly guided from the deeper energy within us and the greater because it's amazing. It's an amazing process that I don't think the mind is dictating. I think the soul is running the show. That infinite genius that could make solar systems and galaxies and flowers and plants and animals is bringing us into this new humanity. You know, it, for, for any transformation to happen, we need that harmony. We need that shared ability to author our lives authentically. That is so beautiful. It has everything to do with empowerment. So I would have to say that that's what our training gives people is true empowerment that comes from our deepest authority, which is that soul. And to do that, we need to dissolve the bindings around the notion of control. You know, there's a lot of energy in control. You can't control me. I'm going to control myself. I'm going to control my eating. I'm going to control my kids. I can't control my kids. I can't control the government. I can't control the weather. The weather's controlling me. You know, this notion of control that is insidious and it, and it, it suppresses or it distorts the, the notions of what true power is. You know, I like to say, I don't know if this is the deepest truth, but that control is more about choice in the positive current. Well, it's funny because you know how we put together words or we, I take them apart, right? Control with the trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I just began, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I just began to watch, what is, is that troll, troll movie? There is a troll movie. Where they're like the happy things. They're, they, they're eaten by the miserable people. There's yes. the only way they can be happy is they eat the trolls. I fell asleep. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I do want to watch it more. I hear it's fantastic. <laughs> but the control, but maybe we want to be from that movie with the trolls, con mean, C-O-N meaning with, and there trolls meaning the source of happiness. <laughs> be with those trolls. Because why not be a troll? You can be whatever you want. I always, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, I mean, if Donald Trump can become president in the United States, I mean, be a troll if you want to be a troll. You know, be, be whatever you want to be. Have blue hair if you want to have blue hair. Well, I love it. Troll in the positive sense. Troll in that they know happiness. Because that's what uh, Poppy is always happy. Princess Poppy. Ah, Princess Poppy, always happy, even though the people want to eat her all the time. <laughs> well, and, and so think I might invite you now to think about the ex how you feel about your life in the sense of control or power over or under. Do you feel controlled or that something or someone outside of you has power over you? And what does that feel like in your body as you contemplate those things you think have control or power over you? And I, you, oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't help but think, and I was trying to avoid this con the, that concept of um, victim consciousness, but being feeling like you are controlled by someone else would be a victim consciousness. And it's, you know, it's in relationships. I mean, if you have a relationship, I mean, but for the, the perfect masters and the saints and the enlightened beings on the planet, there's going to be times in relationship where you're feeling controlled or being controlled by, or, or your partner or whoever you're in a relationship with thinks you're controlling them. I mean, that just, that comes up a lot. And if you have children, you know, you can't tell me what to do, you know, you control all my happiness and when I go to bed and what I eat. And so it's, it's in our lives and it's in our lives, not because it's bad, but be, because there's so much energy with authority and creativity that when it gets bound up, we feel it. And then for in this moment to start transforming it, um, transforming the notions of you being suppressed or having to suppress someone else to feel happy and okay. Well, that's making me think of what's the positive current of control. Control has a positive aspect to it. 
I, I would say I said a little earlier, I, I used to say, and I think there's more to be brought on this podcast, that it's choice rather than controlling your actions. Know, know that you have choice around it. Yes, but remember, control is a word in itself. It's not choice. Mm -hmm. It's control. And what was it when we did discipline? Discipline would have that relationship to control. Mm -hmm. And control in the positive sense, anything in the yes current would be in its wholeness. So control in its wholeness would have a fluidity to it. So when we can control from a place of movement and flow, you know, there's that whole work that Mihai, Mihai, um does about flow. He studies, uh, he was at the University of Chicago and I was actually worked for him when I worked in the human development department. Not directly, I worked, you know, he uh, worked with his secretary. Um, and he was studying, they were doing incredible study about flow and flow and happiness. So that with trolls and trolls being associated with happiness, that um, flow of our own control, right? Even that control of ourselves. Do you remember that at Catholic school the on the report cards? I don't know if you they had them for you, but they had on the left was all the citizenship things we would get grades for. And one of them was self-control. <laughs> I think that's still prevalent. I think public schools do that too. I think my kids had that as one of their things, self-control. Well, that's beautiful to bring control into the whole current because it's just, it's just in our lives that that energy of control, we think about it. Um, rebels don't want to be controlled. They want to control in their own way. But control in wholeness doesn't separate. It doesn't subjugate someone else. It doesn't elevate you over someone else. It flows with creative power. And this is the magic of it. Because for creativity to happen in relationships, there are just times that someone takes more of the lead and someone follows. If you're so sensitive to being controlled from the power over power under paradigm because you don't know yourself, you that's going to be a problematic experience creativity for you. And so and then in, in a relationship, then it might switch where someone else is taking the lead and someone else is following, you know, taking the lead in wholeness could be controlling. OK, I'm going to decide. I'm going to survey the land. I'm going to decide where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And then you come with me. But that in creativity I think it's very different than I have to have it my way and you have to listen or someone who is doesn't want to take their own authority and is kind of like parasitic. And, oh, you have to decide. You have to decide because I don't know. I don't know. You know, that 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 thing where someone can't decide where they want to go to dinner because they don't know. And someone else always has to decide. And the person that doesn't know then doesn't like where they went to dinner. <laughs> you know, that that whole, you know, um how relationships can have a, a lot of angst over the simplest issues. I think we're back to our inner landscape again. To really know ourselves in that inner landscape is a place that we really know ourselves. And, and not attached. That's interesting because I'm thinking in that way, looking inside, you might find principles you know, or thing, or the righteousness. I mean, that's where principles can, you have principles of being. You know, I would never do that. Or people who are good would not cheat. And then that becomes a principle that then becomes a controlling factor. And if you can't be fluid even with your principles, and this might be that heresy. That I was just be. thinking that. I was going to say, get the back, devil woman. I mean, I don't think that now, but if you're thinking that, I mean, this is this is heresy to mainstream law. It is, right? Because, But where has mainstream law got us in any event? Like, it's time to change something. You know, like we call BS. Like, mainstream law is not working. You know, it's time to do something different. So I will, I will then transfer back to you, Marlene, to speak more of your blasphemy her heresy <laughs> about the rigidity around our principles. 
Well, I think that where it comes from is that, I mean, for me, why I can think like this is because I do have faith in the goodness of humanity. And I have an understanding. Now, it's taken me a long time and a lot of development over the years of the evil in human beings as well. So I'm not talking about creating a perfect world from this place. But when we are so wedded to these principles, we will have the opposite force be just as strong. And so I believe it's my faith in oneness, my faith in the unity and goodness that the reason why I can speak from this place, like, it's the only explanation I really have. Well, I'm with you. I've drank the Kool-Aid too. So (laughs) (laughs) I get it now. And, And to know that it doesn't really matter what it is we do or don't do. I mean, that's like the kind of the blasphemy. It doesn't matter so much what we do in this realm. What matters is how we judge it, how we're attached to it, whether we grow from it, whether we are in the spirit of discovery about our human experience. Because when you say, like when you have this belief, I will never do X, like you said, or good people do Y, that is a fixed, finite, limited belief. And the minute you start to take this great infinite experience called, you know, the universe and the greater and life and start to put fixed notions on it, boy, it causes a rift in the time-space continuum. Because first of all, your soul doesn't want it fixed because that is no fun. It's no fun to be fixed. And then it sets up a domino effect of 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 problems and issues and limitations that have to be have to be debunked most likely in an unpleasant way if you're not willing. You can see how that's related to control then. And that distortion around what self-control is, self-control coming from pleasing the teacher, not from coming from calming yourself down so that you can hear what the teacher is saying, and learning. Learn something. Yeah, so take some deep breaths into your body right now, just to let the vibrations percolate through to dissolve some of those fixed limiting beliefs in your energetic structure. Because you are listening to this podcast, you're receiving this because you're ready to have so much more access to the true power within you to create from that place. Whether there's some creating some destruction of the old, that's necessary. I mean, destruction from the energy of Shiva, the destroyer, one of the triune aspects of God from the Hindu tradition is is just as valuable as the creator aspect of God or the sustainer or preserver aspect of God. You know, sometimes that power needs to cause some agitation in the system for for growth to happen. And that's that's natural and it's needed. But a fixed belief will buck up against that. That's so beautiful. Can you imagine then living in a world of empowerment to be able to create from that from the truest nature of who we are rather than what we believe we should be or what we believe that the world should be and how people should act. If you listen to the should podcast, you know Marlene is swearing (laughs) all over you right now, and I'm just a little bit offended by all this cursing in our podcast. That should word. You can't, you can't even possibly, it's so hard to interface with your life from should. Like it just sends you like a chicken with your head cut off or want to put your ostrich in the stand because it's very hard to get from A to Z in should land. It hurls you out. So coming back to what you are now and that sense of, of empowerment doesn't, doesn't harm anyone in the lasting sense. It might hurt as things change, but it doesn't cause lasting harm. You know, harm comes when we get really stuck in separateness 
and we limit ourselves and we and we become more and more separate that's what evil is it's separate from our feelings it's separate from our inner landscape from that loving kindness that emanates from our core but when you're empowered that the essence of that empowerment comes from the loving core in yourself there's this beautiful quote from a, a healer um his name was master chow kok sui and he um, was one of the progenitors of the pranic healing modality of energy work. And he has a beautiful quote that says, love is good, but without power, nothing happens. Love combined with power manifests as service. So imagine empowerment is service to the whole. Service necessarily implies wholeness. And that love is that source that comes from your soul and the power then comes when we use it. You know, the word power, actually, the definition comes from the Latin posse, to be able. So we have all that infinite love within us that made the heavens and the earth. And then with that power, that ability to create the creativity, we get to, we get to do things on this planet and serve serve happiness, serve freedom, serve self-discovery, serve some fun, and serve some destruction to get to that too. Whatever's needed. No rules, no fixed limitations, no fixed no's. And service is one of those characteristics that contribute to our happiness. We're driven from a deeper force of who we are to be in service. Yes, I was reading in one of his books that when your crown chakra, which is an energy center at the very top of your head where the, where the fontanel was open when you were a baby, when that is open and healthy and functioning, the natural longing to do service, it's just part of who you are. And I thought that was really a sweet way to look at that, that when you really are connected to the greater, the crown chakra is, is that connection to the more or the source of all things. That will to do good or the will to serve is just such a natural part of you. There's, there's no way you can't do that. And I would imagine if you're listening to this podcast that your crown chakra is pretty open and functioning because it's a service to connect to this energy. Regardless of what you're doing in your life or what you do after this, at this moment, energy is radiating to all of existence the energy of bringing more truth and a deeper truth on what life is to the fore, to manifestation. So maybe it's time to go into a meditation to help you to open the crown and deepen into that inner landscape. <clears throat> so, Get comfortable with where you're sitting, sitting with dignity, feet flat on the ground so that you feel the earth under your feet, this beautiful earth that gives us a home to grow and learn and experience and our feet that carry us through. Deepening that connection to the earth by visualizing your own roots, moving into the earth and breathing in its stability, yet movement. Feeling that energy of nurturing possibility. Feeling your spine as well. And as you're sitting, your tailbone is pointed down towards the earth. Sensing the column of energy that pulses up and down your spine to move 
in to grow into a spear of light that also penetrates into the earth. and accessing the stability, the groundedness, the fully present in the body energy that the earth has to offer us. And with that vibrant, nurturing energy, let that column of light move up and penetrating into your cervical system, the neck, the head, bringing light pulsating through you. coming around to the top of your head, to the top of your skull, and softening, softening, softening the energetic area of your crown. Imagining and allowing the light of the source of the universe represented in the sun. Allowing the light to pour in and connect in with the spinal column of light going into the earth. Empowering the connection of heaven and earth. Manifesting through you, through me, through everyone and all of existence. the power of light the power of source filling you as you become a column of light A column of light, a column of powerful light to fill your creative being, to empower you to source. From all of who you are, to serve, to create, to bring forth a new humanity of love, cooperation, harmony, acceptance, understanding 
compassion. And all of the expression of the heart knowing the true essence of love within without all around in everything and everyone the unifying force of light filling you, pulsating through you Reminding every cell to know its true expression of wholeness. Every cell in your body and in creation. Being in its fullest expression of health, happiness, harmony. And breathe in all of those attributes as you slowly and gently come back into your body into this space where you are sitting or lying, listening. Maybe making little movements. Remembering you are of light, pulsating in that lightness of vibration. that comes together as a creative flow into empowerment. I feel taller. I feel like I've just grown an inch from that column of energy. And at the end, Marlene, when you said health, happiness, and harmony, I saw those as ladders in this column. <laughs> Beautiful. And what empowerment brings us is the ability to live in health, in happiness, and in harmony. I mean, that's what we're going for, not domination and control or, you know, whatever submission. We're going for health and happiness and harmony. It's, it's just our longing here and... And I, I believe that's why creation was created. And I believe we're moving more and more towards that space. And yes, we have all the problems that we have in this world. And when they affect us on an individual basis, all we have left is love and we can either choose to to crowd that out or we can choose to embrace it from all the people who come out when there are tragedies in that name of service to love at that very moment, my heart chakra, my heart energy center, front and back, just opened with the pure simplicity of that, that all we need is love. 
all we really want is love, all we long for is love. The whole point of existence is, is love. And that's simple. You know, to live from that place of love within us. We're going to end with a quote by Gillian Anderson. Do you know who she is? She's from the X-Files. I love the X-Files, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. I think the truth is out there. I mean, we're doing our own X-Files, Marlene. The Vibrational Transformers is like X-Files for us. Anywho, her quote. The truth is out there. And her quote is, Be of service. Whether you make yourself available to a friend or co-worker, or you make time every month to do volunteer work, there is nothing that harvests more of a feeling of empowerment than being of service to someone in need. That's beautiful. And sometimes that someone in need is yourself. So get yourself to places that you can experience mindfulness, gratitude, service, energy healing. Inner source healing is always available and welcoming. But sometimes that person is you. And as a matter of fact, that, that's the foundation of that service that flows outward. Both are part of wholeness. So we thank you for listening. And until next time, when we explore the word overwhelmed, I'm Cindy McKeever. And I'm Marlene Kiesler. And we are the, the Vibrational Transformers, Transformers, changing lives one syllable at a time. We would like to give our deepest thanks to our angel helpers who are handling the technical and promotional aspects of this podcast. Andrea Tarka-White as our technical director, Michaela Ahern as our promotional coordinator, and Helen Bradley as our graphic designer. We'd also like to thank our families for their service to this podcast as a whole. For more information, you can check out our website thevibrationaltransformers.com or email us at greetings at thevibrationaltransformers.com